Welcome back to the Maui Noko Oi Magazine and Silver Shark Media Podcast. I'm Jason Evans of Silver Shark Media, and as always, we thank you for tuning in today and encourage you to subscribe and download to the podcast series. I'd like to welcome our next guest, Scott Lacasse, the Executive Director of Grow Some Good. So Scott, thanks for taking the time to chat today. Thank you very much, Jason, for inviting me. I look forward to the conversation. Absolutely. Uh, we certainly enjoy learning about organizations such as Grow Some Good, and I think that's a good launching point. Is I'll have you kind of fill in the audience on what is Grow Some Good? Grow Some Good is an organization that was started back in around 2008, and it wasn't Grow Some Good at the time. It was South Maui Volunteers, and we were approached by a, an elementary school teacher who was building a garden bed in front of their classroom, and they asked for some assistance from some volunteers to help um, with their educational goals and objectives. And so South Maui Volunteers had a couple of people that were interested in that type of work, and they began working in earnest. And that garden bed transformed into one of the first school gardens that Grow Some Good started to manage, and that was a Kihei Elementary School. And then from there, other schools became uh, in, you know, really interested in the process, saw the benefit of educational learning outside, um, hands-on learning, project-based learning techniques, um, all of those things that connected students to the land and to the Aina as well. Sorry, our group of schools increased to around 35 schools or so over the years. Wow. Um, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty impressive, uh, the growth. And those are all different, you know, at different levels. Some schools we fully support. We have staff involved in teaching um, directly at the gardens. And then other ones, there are other teachers that kind of go out to the gardens and we support them with resources and educational opportunities to help them make those experiences just a little bit better. I have to imagine once it proved successful at Kihei Elementary, once other schools got wind of what was going on, it, it does seem like a no-brainer fit in terms of kind of this combination of team building and teamwork plus the educational aspect, having kids outdoors, doing something that's very relevant uh, within their own community. Absolutely. That's part of the drive. There's a there's an initiative in the Hawaii Department of Education, and it forms around Naho Pena'ao, and it's shortened to Ha or Breath. And they really focus on a strengthened sense of Hawaii, a strengthened sense of belonging, responsibility, and excellence. And a lot of our curriculum that we've created over the years, we've tried to tie to those, um, those goals and those objectives. So not only does a curriculum tie to standards, which you know appeals to the, to the greater needs of educating students um, in a Department of Education setting, but it also ties into those social and emotional values uh, that are so important in building a strong community. You, you have a really strong staff, um, which I'm sure is, is a source of pride for you and the organization as well. And, and one thing I find is cool is you mentioned that you have folks that provide support on site to different schools, and you really have it all spread out. So tell me about the staff that you have on site that helps each of these schools work through these initiatives. Yeah, thank you for asking. You know, the staff really is the the heart of the organization. It's made up of a group of people that are incredibly passionate and uh, highly educated and in the field of both education, non-traditional education, and connecting um, to particular life cycles in the area. So the staff themselves, they... Um, that's, you know, that's one of the challenges I would have to say is it's not necessarily finding the right people, it's keeping them. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Maui, is, Maui, Maui is a real uh, transient population. Uh, it's a difficult place to live. 
And it's it's a real challenge to um, pay these people what they're worth and a living wage in, in Maui, especially as the increased cost of living continues to increase. Um, but really, you know, it just speaks to the passion that all of these people hold that do stick in there. And there's so many hours that are spent um, on their own, just getting better at their craft and learning how to engage effectively with teachers and students on site. And then, you know, you mentioned kind of the, everyone brings kind of a strong science background. Um, You included in that. Tell me about your background and what sort of led you to this path to end up at Grow Some Good. Yeah, thank you. It's it's been a it's been a strange journey for sure. Um, my bachelor's degree is in landscape architecture. I received that through University of Massachusetts in Amherst uh, back in 2002, and from there I went off into the landscape architecture world and found that a lot of the bread and butter work was focused on um, development, and in my opinion, sort of unsustainable development practices, and right. it really didn't sit well with me in my heart or my soul, and I sort of took a step back from all of that and tried to find my place, um, you know, in the world where I could make a bigger impact. I came to Maui 14 or 15 years ago. Um, I was a boat captain and scuba instructor. Teachers, Teaching has always been part of my passion, but I really wanted to connect to the community and support Maui in, in a way that um, would keep its the, the beauty of its culture and the host culture going as much as I could, even though, you know, I'm a complete outsider and I have very little basis of experience in that, but I do respect what they have done over the centuries and I really value and appreciate all of that. And so I decided to enter the school system and I started off as a substitute teacher in the Department of Education. And then an opportunity rose at the Montessori School of Maui. So I took a position at the Montessori School of Maui as a living classroom teacher, and we had programs that focused on their full spectrum of age groups, and that was pre-K all the way through eighth grade, and we really focused on uh, the different learning modalities within those age groups, and it was all in an outside-based living classroom, and it was a beautiful experience, and one of the strong parts about that experience really was I would have a student, uh, you know, when they were three years old, come into the garden and being there for seven years, um, I saw them graduate from the middle school program. And it was just, uh, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to describe the strength of connection that you end up with students and families in that type of relationship. And my vision Um, really is to try to recreate that situation in all the schools across Maui County. Providing that mentorship across time is really invaluable. And I learned as much from them as they probably have learned from me. And during that time frame, I um, enrolled in master's programs. So I received my master's of science degree in environmental studies. And it was focused on Maui's watersheds, food systems, and the communities that were dependent upon them. And my vision from that experience really is to apply those systemic principles that I learned and to continue to connect students to the land that supports them. At the time in 2019, the Maui School Garden Network merged with Grow Some Good. And the Maui School Garden Network was run pro bono for 10 years by Lane Huff. And she Um, was instrumental in providing resources to the garden coordinators and schools that wanted to participate in this type of outdoor education. 
she at that time was planning on retiring and once that organization was absorbed by gross and good it became very clear that they needed a full-time program manager we went through the process they hired me on as a program manager and uh, fast forward into 2020 and COVID happened and we went through that process. So you start in 2019 as program manager and, and things are moving at, I'm sure, a, a fast pace. And then you get into to March of 2020 and they all come to a screeching halt. Um, so, you know, what was that experience like for you early on from an organizational standpoint? Yeah, from an organizational standpoint, as with, I think, just about everybody on the planet, it, it caused everybody to just take pause and really assess, okay, after the initial shock passed, uh, what do we have to work with? And it, as a program manager, I figured that our greatest resource was the school gardens and what was the need in the community, what was really important um, and what needed to be addressed, and it was food security. And having school gardens with food growing in them and the need for food security as people lost their jobs and needed food uh, seemed like a perfect match. So we were able to go in and harvest the food that we have and distribute those to families in need. And then that became, how do we continue that? And, and how does, what does that look like moving forward? So we recognized that, uh, you know, there was an educational need in the community and there was a disconnect on how people interacted with their food systems and where their food was coming from. And we decided to create an educational campaign around that. We decided to reach out to some of our other partners in, in the community. Uh, one of them was Maui Family YMCA. And we really needed to um, have a place where we could distribute these plants and the food. Um, the Department of Education campuses were closed to the public, so that wasn't a viable um, solution. And we really relied on organizations like the Maui Family YMCA to provide that space where we could distribute the food that we had and also to distribute plant um, starts that we had grown. Uh, the, again, the garden coordinators stepped up and they grew uh, several thousand plants in their own home environments, and those were all organic um, plants like chard and peas and so on. And we created educational campaigns around them, recipes to use with them, how to grow them. And that turned into a really valued program uh, in the community. And we had, you know, following COVID guidelines and social distancing and masks, we were still able to distribute uh, thousands and thousands of plants to the community. Which is fantastic. And then, yeah, it was really fantastic. And we, at that point, we really, we knew that the impact was good, um, but we really didn't have a clear understanding of how it would develop or where it would go. And then the fall came around and we realized that school wasn't going to look the way that we had expected it to look. One particular school administrator reached out to me and asked, is there some way that you could create a garden learning kit? I would like to distribute a kit to all of my students. Yeah. Uh, and so I said, wow, that's really, that's a wonderful idea. Let's look at that. So we all put our heads together and we came up with these garden kits and they were formed with um, colored pencils, magnifying glasses, pots, soil, seeds, all of these things and put into bags. And we created some pretty quick instructional videos that the teachers could use to distance learn with the students. And the school handled the distribution of the kits and then the teachers 
handle the education and the use of the kits. And then we decided, well, wouldn't it be great if all the plants that these kids grew were returned to us and we included them in that plant propagation program that we were doing at the Maui Family YMCA, thereby connecting the farm to school program with community food systems program. And then the students have a real sense of uh, community impact and yeah. and strength and, and they're learning as well in, in a project based format, which is fantastic. And it worked out really well. So we got 1300 plants back from about 400 students who participated and those plants went directly into our um, into our program. We also connected with other organizations in the community that needed plants. Organizations like Hungry Homeless Heroes and Maui Farm uh, would take the plants, they would grow them and then harvest them and include them in meals for families in need. And in some cases, Hungry Homeless Heroes were able to supply 10,000 meals to homeless individuals. And the plants that the students grew were a big part of that success. And it was a really beautiful connection to the school garden program. And it was, again, just an offshoot of one administrator's request and our existing uh, distributions that we had with Maui Family YMCA. We threw a lot of energy and effort and resources into creating a curriculum that was aligned, video curriculum that was aligned with our existing curriculum and connect the kits to that. And so the idea was to really support the teachers in their, in their work. The kits included colored pencils, magnifying lens, uh, pots and soil and seeds. And the students, they, they planted and observed and performed the various activities outlined in those interactive garden journals. And the teachers would execute specifically tailored online lessons and videos that we had created linked to each activity. And at the end of the six to eight weeks, the students uh, were encouraged again to give back by returning a portion of the plants they had grown um, for redistribution to the community. And after Q4 and including the pilot so far, 1,300 students grew and contributed 3,200 viable plants to our community distribution wow. efforts. That's fantastic. That's it. You know, adaptation has been sort of the theme as we've talked to, to different businesses and organizations over the past year and a half. Um, and I think this is such a, especially in the nonprofit sector, I think such a good example of um, certainly taking a large scale challenge that none of us have ever dealt with before and really shifting in a way that keeps your momentum going and, you know, using the pun of the name growing, you're still achieving these multiple, this multi-pronged approach of education, food sustainability, and sort of team building and, and a sense of ownership for these students who grow these plants and then see them go on um, to be incorporated in basically, you know, real life scenarios. Yeah, just being able to pivot and respond. We were a really small organization. There weren't too many of us, you know, involved in, in what was going on. And I think uh, as many organizations and people have learned, everything changes so quickly. And the only thing that we could do is really make the best decisions we could with the information we had on hand and knowing yep. that it was probably going to change. Yep. Um, trying to keep those those options open was was critical to keep that forward momentum and progress going uh, while still achieving our mission in, in new and different ways. And honestly, this project and this uh, these K-12 
kits have really turned into a beautiful introduction to what garden learning can be. Yeah. And we're excited because schools that don't have the resources to invest in a dedicated outdoor space for garden learning or staffing or maintenance of it, because it is a real commitment and it is something that has to be um, really considered deeply. And there's a lot of buy-in that's necessary to pull that off. These kits really allow uh, a no-cost introduction to project-based garden learning and the strength around it. Well, I think, you know, we, Diane Woodburn, of, of my co-host here at Maui Noko Magazine, it has used the phrase silver linings um, with, within COVID. I think this is, you know, one of those silver linings has been these almost forced innovations that, that may not have come about otherwise um, at the time. You know, it was business as usual, but when you're forced into a situation of, you know, in this case, having to create something um, that's less hands-on, which is sort of the opposite of what your approach would be, right? And, and most businesses want to be hands-on and everything, and you have to step back a little bit, but still find a way to deliver that message. I think you guys um, are a, a great example of shifting a challenging situation and pulling a silver lining out of it that regardless, might be a component of your organization for years to come. These kits and, and virtual learning opportunities are still going to be incredibly useful. They are. Uh, we've, we've submitted um, surveys out to the teachers for this year, um, for this upcoming school year, and their overwhelming response is, is staggering. And it comes down to the fact that we've obviously touched on a, on a very real need in the educational system. Um, I think on our latest survey, we have the need for 4,200 kits for this year so far, Holy and we just God. got started. Yeah, that was just that was just one survey, you know, that was sent out, and we obviously can't meet that need. It's it's interesting how this all happened. Again, it started with that one school, and we yeah. were able to uh, assemble all the components and store the components and distribute the components at that one school, and that was one model that really worked. And then when we got to the quarter four, that changed because we didn't have one school. We broadcasted out to all the other schools as quickly as we could to see, you know, who would be interested. And we ended up distributing about a thousand kits or so. And that process, because we don't have a brick and mortar office, uh, it happened out of my garage. <laughs> so we, you know, we ordered all the materials, all the materials came to my house. We stored them in the garage for, you know, a couple months until we had everything ready to go. And then it was all of us, you know, the garage doors open, you know, exploded out into the driveway with tables everywhere, just assembling all these kits. And we had to do it in a couple of different uh, stages to make sure we met the need. And so now when we look at trying to meet the need of, you know, 4,200 students. Right now, not only is there a financial need, which we do have funding to support about half of that right now, but we also have a capacity issue. Yeah. Where do we store the materials? Where do we assemble them? Uh, 1,000 was a real, was max for my garage. We're going to have to figure out something different here. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a challenge of all nonprofits, right? Is it? I guess it's a better challenge to have on how you can scale up versus scale down. You mentioned sort of, um, you know, the, the financial component. Fundraising's a, a, a challenging thing for any nonprofit in a normal year. Now you get into April, May, June, July of 2020, it becomes a lot more difficult um, to anticipate your budget's going to just maintain what it did the year before in a normal year. So from a 
a fundraising standpoint, how has the last year affected both your scope and what you're able to to plan for in the future? That's that's an excellent question. You know, stepping into the role of program manager and then moving into the executive director role uh, January of this year, 2021, uh, it was a steep learning curve in the middle of a pandemic and trying to wrap my head around exactly what are the available options? Uh, obviously, events are out. Um, and typically, Grow Some Good would have one major event per year, the Taste of School Gardens, and that would be a, a you know fairly large generator of revenue uh, in the successful years. We relied heavily on grants, um, and we also rely heavily on support from the county, So, which I'm glad to say and, and most appreciative of. The county of Maui has continued to step up year over year and has included us as a line item on the mayor's budget. And so that alone uh, is instrumental in helping us meet the need of schools, yeah. in, in this case, the kits. So we have, you know, allocations uh, from that from that money that allow us to purchase materials and also pay our staff to kind of assemble them. But that's only part of the picture. And the other part of the picture, obviously, is is funding that's coming from the local foundations and donors. And I I cannot stress enough the uh, the support that we've received from the local foundations and donors over this past year. Uh, some of it really unsolicited as well is is really heartwarming. I think the you know the local community foundations and donors they all recognize the challenges that nonprofits face and and the need to keep them afloat. Well, so as you as you come into this new school year here that's just kind of gotten underway, what are your goals moving forward for the 21-22 school year and and even long term? I mean, we're still dealing with sort of these you'd mentioned before kind of changing conditions that um, you could put a plan in place, but you know, one week, one month, one day from now, you might have to adjust it. So, what are your goals looking forward um, for this next school year and beyond? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, really, what I'm trying to do with the organization is is really focus on our roots and where we came from, and it's it is that garden box at that one school in in Kihei, and because the organization's been around for quite some time. There's been a lot of evidence um, that exposing these students to agriculture at an early age increased their interest in exploring um, agricultural opportunities in later grades. And it's demonstrated by the rising number of public school students that are entering and completing the uh, the career and technical education resources pathway, uh, specifically courses in agriculture. The teachers that are at the high school level in these ag programs, uh, specifically at Maui High, they directly attribute the students' participation in that garden education um, to their experience in the feeder elementary and intermediate schools. So basically another way to say that is 10 years of school garden school programming in Kihei, starting at Kihei Elementary and then moving them through Lokalani Intermediate. Once they get to Maui High, guess what? They're interested in agriculture. And does that mean that they're going to go off and be all farmers? And no, it really doesn't. What it does is it helps create an awareness around agriculture in the area. And really what we're doing is we're growing the county's next generation of farmers and chefs and policymakers and scientists. So by engaging the students throughout their formative years in garden education, we create that awareness. 
and we instill that appreciation of their connection to local food. It's so important to generate additional support for community food systems that are focused on sustainable production, coordination and marketing, and consumption practices. So all of these things are really the main sort of focus. We want to continue that P20 pipeline or initiative. And part of that introduction to that is really these kits and the project-based learning that goes around it. So we're exploring uh, the idea of a two-year pilot study um, and effort led by community partners, um, UHMC, Kamehameha Schools, um, and then we also have Amua Family Services that might be a part of that, Big Brothers Big Sisters Mentor Center, Maui Family YMCA, and we're looking at doing that within the Baldwin um, cohort. So nice. looking at starting something that will, again, scaffold that education and connect everybody through Wailuku Elementary School to Eau Intermediate and into Baldwin High School and into the college that will ultimately get people closer to understanding where their food comes from. Well, it's a fantastic mission. It seems as though it's been fantastic execution and, and you've got big goals ahead of you. If any of our listeners want to learn more, and that could include someone who's a teacher and wants to learn about these kits, someone who is interested in being part of your staff to help coordinate one of these gardens, or someone who wants to help donate uh, and fundraise or, or give money um, to help you achieve these goals. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about Grow Some Good? Yes, anybody that's interested in working with the organization and being a collaborator or partner, uh, I encourage them to go to www.growsomegood.org for more information. They can also reach out via email to scott, S-C-O-T-T, at growsomegood.org. We have a Facebook page and Instagram page, um, and you can also see us on YouTube and Vimeo as well. Awesome. Well, Scott, I wish you the best of luck going forward, and uh, I encourage anyone to learn some more, and if you have the ability to, uh, either volunteer time or even some financial resources to help this wonderful program that certainly supports school children here on Maui, and, and like you said, it works its way up the school ecosystem here on the island. Great. Thank you so much for your time, Jason, and support.